Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. A warmer for the Welcome to Bumpy Boss Vegas for Disco Soups with myself, Greg Eaps Peters. And now part of the Beast of Family podcast says we've got a tremendous podcast for you as we're going to be joined in segment number two by one of our good friends over at the Three Man Weave. That would be Kai McKeon as Kai, Jim, and Matt they did a tremendous job taking a look at all things college basketball and the Almanac, breaking down so many of these conferences. And now I know that they're doing a lot of their conference preview podcasts. And we're going to be looking at some of the latest things that we've seen over the last week or so. The Big 12, the two uh, teams that are dealing with some losses there as you've got Terry Morris out of the fold for Kansas, Jose Perez out of the fold for West Virginia. We're going to get the outlook on both of those teams. And we're also going to be talking about how you want to be very cautious with Big men dealing with an injury. Now, it seems like Donovan Klingon is hoping that he is going to be back for opening night for UConn against Northern Arizona, but he's right now dealing with a foot issue. Tolu Smith, he is going to be out at the very minimum until SEC play for Mississippi State. We're going to be taking a look at the outlook of both of those teams. We're going to be taking a look just in general how you do want to be gauging some of those injuries as well, and I do think that that is very important to be hitting upon, and we're going to be doing that in segment number two with Kai McKeon, and here in segment number one, we did see a few pieces of college basketball news right now with regards to the news and notes section of this podcast. I feel like it's just taking a look at guys getting waivers and injury updates, but very important to be doing this time of year to get set for what is going to be a tremendous opening night as we're getting there. We're about 30 days away from the start of the college basketball season and we're going to get you guys set for what is going to be the most tremendous year ever of college basketball. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, do have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is by X timeline at GNN underscore one Keep in mind, letters M, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And we're going to be touching quite a bit on the SEC today because we did see Tolu Smith about 48 or so hours ago go down with that injury, which I do think does put a handprint on Mississippi State. We're certainly going to be touching upon that in segment number two. But we got good news on the front of the waiver sort of dilemma, and that would be the fact that Ole Miss, they are going to have in the fold Alan Flanagan. Alan Flanagan, I think that he should have been eligible if you were just looking at raw times transferred and everything like that, but I think that he had, like, missed the cutoff date for transferring within the SEC because last year he was over at Auburn, and I was at Auburn. Pretty solid player. 10 points, 5 rebounds per game last season. His really best year was during that 2020-21 campaign where he was able to put up 13 plus points per contest. Has been a little bit of an inconsistent three-point shooter throughout his 
career, but he is out in the fold. He's going to be able to play alongside Matthew Morrell and Jamin Brakefield. And now the question for Ole Miss is the two-time transfers. Are they going to have Brandon Murray and Musa Cece out there? Because if they do, you're really looking at something there. Because they bring in Jamarian Sharp. He is a giant of the earth at seven foot five. Obviously, you've got back in the fold so many of these guys are able to do a nice job of holding it down, down low. But if you're able to get Murray along with Cissé to go along with this current core of Jamin Brakefield, Matthew Morrell, and Alan Flanagan, I really do think that you're looking at something. And we're going to be doing the SEC preview edition of this podcast within the next 72 or so hours. I've got my good friend Blake Lovell over at Southeastern 14 on Speed Dial. We're going to be taking a look at this. So nice that we were able to get the Alan Flanagan news on Friday. But I do think that this is going to be a conference in which the margins are going to be very, very thin. And having Alan Flanagan and that assurance for Ole Miss, that is very big. And then for St. John's, they are going to be without R.J. Lewis for at minimum the first game of the season. We were talking about this actually with John Fanta on the podcast a few days ago when we were doing the Big East Conference Preview Edition. And I know that he was talking about this R.J. Lewis injury. And it's a loss for St. John's. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But at the same time, with how many guys they brought in, I don't think that this is the world's biggest loss. I personally didn't think that R.J. Lewis was going to be a starter for this team. Now, at six foot eight last season, he was one of the better freshmen out there in the Atlantic 10, a guy that's able to shoot in the high 30s from three-point range, was able to put up double figures last year. So it is going to be a loss. And how long he's going to be out, that becomes a real question mark for the St. John's team and whether or not you're going to have everyone eligible or not. Dennis Jenkins, he is going to be eligible. So they're able to feel very good there. And this is still going to be a team that's going to have a lot of depth. Chris Ledlow, he might be a little bit undersized for a big man, but he was absolutely tremendous when he was playing at Harvard last season. You've obviously got Joel Soriano, he among all qualifying college basketball players, leads the country in double-doubles. I do think that Naheem Aline, I think he should be eligible. He was on the bench last year over at UConn, but during his first few years at Virginia Tech was a nice solid scorer. You've got Simeon Wilcher, who was a top 75 recruit originally, was supposed to be at North Carolina. So this team still has plenty of depth. Glenn Taylor Jr., six foot six combo player coming in from Oregon State. I don't think that there should be any issues there, but for R.J. Lewis, wanting to be taking a look at how long it's going to take him to be able to return. I know that John Rossine was tweeting out that the target date for him is most likely the Charleston Classic, but this is going to be a St. John's team that they're going to need to sort out sort of the kinks towards the beginning part of the season because with so many moving parts, pretty much everyone other than Joel Soriano, brand spanking new, and for Rick Pitino, he brings with him a few guys from his stop at Iona, Jenkins being the biggest one, and then Chris Davis as well, which Chris Davis is really not going to be contributing a ton to the team. I'm going to call it what it is, but I do think that it's going to be really interesting to see how St. John's is going to be functioning towards the beginning part of the season, and having Lewis out of the fold, in my opinion, not a big loss, but still a loss, and still a little bit of a missed opportunity to know how he's going to be blending with the rest of this very talented roster. So that's what we did see in college basketball on Friday, and coming next, we're taking a look at the lay of the land with regards to those Big 12 teams dealing with some of their losses, how Mississippi State is going to be trying to function without Tolu Smith, UConn, how they should be going about the Donovan Klingon injury, and so much more. And that's up next right here on Coast to Coast with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my dance, <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Are you ready to become a winning sports better? 
Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. And we're back here above you, Las Vegas, for Coast to with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Vison Family Podcast. And it's great to be joined by this man, Diamond Keen. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the Field of 68. He played a big hand in everything that they did with the Almanac that is out right now. It's such a good resource. We're getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. Kai, Jim, and Matt, they're doing tremendous work over at the three-man weave as they recently released their top 40 teams as well. And to be able to follow Kai on X slash Twitter, that is at letters K and Y underscore and the number three and then MW and then for the three man we that is at the number three MW underscore CBB and Kai it's always great to have you aboard thank you hey Greg thanks for having me thank you for joining me and Kai first things first I know you guys just wrapped up your top forty with regards to everything that you guys do over at the three man we but I know that you're doing a great job with regards to your podcast previews as well I want to give that a nice little plug as I know that. In the coming days, the coming weeks, there's going to be more and more conference previews over there as well. But with regards to the top 40 that you guys put out, were there a few teams that you noticed that maybe you felt a little bit more bullish slash bearish on rather than your two colleagues and Matt and Jim? Uh, yeah, definitely. There tends to be a lot of groupthink with us, unfortunately, but we definitely have some differences. I happen to be higher in Michigan. Actually, San Diego State was one I was a little surprised about. I'm a lot higher than Matt and Jim on the reigning uh, national runners-up. It just comes down to consistency for me. Brian Dutcher has proven that he perennially will compete at the top of the Mountain West and have a very good team, and I, and I like the transfers they brought in. I like the fact they bring back their backcourt minus Matt Bradley and really good season again so san diego state i think was one of our bigger differences and i'm so glad that you bring that up as well because this is like conference preview time of year you're going to be finding a lot of networks putting out their top 40 top 25 their projector finish from insert conference here and there's no right or wrong answer with this i just always like to get people's thoughts on this how do you try to avoid group think when it comes to your evaluations because I do think that this time of year it is one of the most difficult things to do because year one person say a good thing about a specific team a specific player someone that is high with regards to a ranking and I do feel like we sort of fall into the trap of just copying others rankings and I do think that it is very hard to avoid whether that's college basketball or even something as simple as like restaurant rankings or anything like that to compare it to everyday life. Yeah, it's really hard to avoid groupthink. And you see that a lot with the top 25, you know, the early top 40s or whatever people put out. It tends to be the same general group of teams. And we all know that it just isn't the case when the end of the year comes around. For power rating purposes, when I'm going through and making my own power ratings, I avoid analytic sites like Bart Torvik and Kempom, like the plague, pretty much. As far as projections go, Kempom, obviously his aren't out, but Bart Torvik puts his up very early. I try to avoid looking at it because even though you think you can be objective once you see those ratings, it's going to be buried in your head somewhere. So I like to attack it first without any 
analytical projections and then kind of go from there. Yep, I agree with you there. Now, what I will use, like the Almanac, for example, Bart Torovic, you guys do a great job of making sure that the rosters are all up to date. I want to be making sure that I'm being like, all right, I want to make sure that this graduate transfer is actually going to be in the fold and he's not a two-time transfer that's needing a waiver or something like that. Now, that's something that I absolutely do, but I'm right there with you. I think that trying to avoid those other analytical projections, what have you. I think that that is so important. So I'm so glad that you lended that piece of advice. As joining me on the show, we do have Kai McKean. He does amazing work over at the Three Man Weave. And Kai, now that we're getting to the point where we're about a month away from the start of the season, we are starting to see some injury news trickle while We saw a few guys that were like in slash out of the fold with regards to their foreign tour trips. And most of these guys were fine. Let's call it what it is. But there are some lingering issues with big men. And we saw one on Thursday with Tolu Smith. I know that one of your colleagues, Matt Cox, he is very high in Mississippi State. And personally, Prior to seeing this injury news, I was quite high on Mississippi State as well. But what do you make out of Tolu Smith most likely being out for a good chunk of the season for Mississippi State? Because Mississippi State, as we know, one of the better defenses in all of college basketball. And Smith was the heart and soul of that team, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, it's huge. It really sucks, too, because I really like this team. I really like Chris Jans. Some people think Tolu Smith is an All-American candidate. So it's a shame that he's going to be out until a conference play. Mississippi State can still be pretty good without him in the non-con. They have Jimmy Bell, who isn't a fantastic big man, but he's definitely serviceable, and he's ha- he has experience from you know West Virginia. He played at SLU also. They brought in a couple of JUCO guys. One of them was pretty big. I think he was the number one JUCO recruit, actually, in the country, Jaquan Scott from Salt Lake Community College. So they have pieces in the front court they can kind of patch up while Tolu is on the shelf, um, but it's definitely a tough blow. And hopefully he's fully healthy come conference play. Yep, and I think that that's a big thing to take a look at as well, because as we know, with regards to these injuries, especially to big men, and especially when you have a big man with a little bit of a lower body issue as well, just because a guy returns to the fold does not mean that they're fully 100%. Like, I take a look, for example, last year at Oscar Sheeway, I just felt like when he returned to the floor after he missed a few games towards being part of last year, he wasn't fully at 100%. And how much do you take a look at that? And how much do you want to be trying to monitor some of these injuries? Because I always feel like just because a guy is out there on the floor doesn't mean that you restore them to that full power ranking that you would give them in terms of the amount of points that they mean to the spread, what have you. Because I do think that some of these guys playing at less than 100% can almost be not in the case of like a Tolu Smith or something like that, but I mean, some of these lesser guys can almost be a little bit of a detriment to their team rather than a benefit. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to do, I think. When you see a guy come back, you don't necessarily know if he's if he's 100%, and you can guess, and you might guess right, and some of these guys bounce back quickly, and some of them certainly are effective for the rest of the year. You know, we talked to multiple coaches this offseason that said, oh, this guy was banged up the whole year. And you wouldn't know it from tracking 360 teams and seeing the guys played every single game, but he might have been dealing with nagging stuff the entire year that kind of limited his production. So it's tough. It's really hard to evaluate. And, you know, if someone ever figured that out, I think they'd do very well in in the betting market. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that is so important to try to gauge as well because even like the team beat reporters typically don't know that as well because the coach is probably not going to be like, ah, he's only 70%. Insert your team that's preparing against us. Our players not at 100%. You can scheme on that. They are not going to be giving that sort of information. So 
it does get to be very tough to gauge. And along this front as well, what I think is even more intriguing, because we do know that Tolu Smith, he is going to be out of the fold for quite a few games to start the year. It feels like Mississippi State is going to make sure to not rush him back. But the Dunbig clinging injury as well, because with the timetable that was laid out about a week or so as we do this podcast, give or take, they do put him on pace to be able to be set for the start of the season. Now, I would think that UConn would be smart and probably rest them in like that season opener against Northern Arizona. I think that they've got Stonehill after that. If you look at the schedule for UConn, they play some real schlubs at the beginning part of the season. I'm going to call it what it is. But, I mean, how do you gauge something like that as well? Because, honestly, I think that I'd probably be giving UConn a little bit of a bump if they do take that approach and they're like, you know what, we got way more than enough to be able to dominate Northern Arizona. We are going to sit Donovan Kling in the first two or three games of the season, make sure that he's all good for what is going to be a massive multi-team event, and then Kansas and a real gauntlet towards the middle of December with their non-conference schedule. Yeah, that one's kind of interesting because obviously people expect Klingon to be one of the best players in the country, but we haven't seen him play a full game. How much is he really worth to a line? We, we have no idea. I assume he's worth you know quite a bit, but how good is Samson Johnson? A lot of UConn guys are really high on him. He's the guy that would be filling in for Klingon. Now, there's no depth really at the five after Johnson, so that's a concern, uh, but certainly... Hurley can get creative in those first couple games against opponents that aren't very big. Um, you just worry that Klingon is going to be healthy totally when he comes back, as you were saying, because big men, foot injuries, it, it doesn't really mix. We already see Frank Fremantle for Xavier out for the year, and we know that several big men across history, you know, NBA included, have really had issues with their feet. Yeah, that's always something that I want to be mindful of as well because we saw quite a few examples of that last year as well. If you have a big man that's dealing with a little bit of a lower body issue that typically just does not jive very well in general, and as I was alluding to, I think it might be in UConn's best interest to not play him against a team like a Northern Arizona, which are going to be able to dominate easily. Make sure he's good for that Kansas game to start December. As joining me on the show, we do have Kai McKeon. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave, and I think that this is also very intriguing as well. As we saw this happen in the last week or so, and it's something that I've been buzzing a little bit about. How do we properly rate Kansas now that Ontario Morris is out of the fold? Because personally, I Kansas is a top-three team before, and I still do, but I feel like with regards to Ontario Morris no longer being with the team, it's not something that I dock Kansas for immediately, but it is one of those cases where I feel like it could be like a trickle-down slash a snowball effect because now if Kansas suffers another injury to, say, Nick Timberlake, something of that nature, then I think that you're really looking at some issues for Kansas. The more is being out of the full that whole ordeal, it's not good to say the least. But at the same time, I don't think that it hurts Kansas as of right now. But I think that the effect is now they really don't have a lot of wiggle room to lose anyone else. No, definitely not. They have nine scholarship guys in, in the season. I, I think Zach Clements is redshirting. Any injury, you know, Self doesn't really play a large bench. He doesn't necessarily need it. The starting five is fantastic, frankly. Four of those guys are all-conference players at least. But it's still... It has to be accounted for in some sense. Yeah, if one guy goes down, especially like a Dewan Harris, for instance, if he goes down, Kansas is in a lot of trouble. And sure, they're Kansas. They're, they have Bill Self. They'll still probably be a very, very good basketball team. But we know getting ATS records can be totally different. And that would be a team you'd probably look to fake if uh, a guy or two went down. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I do think that with Kansas, the right now, the how we gauge a team currently, that's not affected too much by Morris being out of the fold. But once again, one more injury. And then I think that 
they are certainly looking at something. And I do think that it is going to be interesting to see how Kansas plays as well, because with Morris, I felt like he was going to be able to lend a lot of versatility. And I do think that Nicholas Simbler like is going to be a solid three point shooter for the team, but I don't know if he's going to be too much of a creator and, I'm not sure how you're gauging this team in terms of their overall style, but I do think that this is a Kansas team that is going to be looking a little bit more down low. And with Zach Clemens, who you're mentioning, I was thinking that he was going to redshirt as well, but I do fear that this injury might cause him to not redshirt this year as well, because I do think that they have that option. Yeah, it's possible. You're going to see a lot of KJ Adams at the five lineups, I think, or if ever comes out of the game, which who knows, obviously Parker Brown's going to have to play, but I really think Bill Self's going to play Harris, like, the entire game. I think he's going to play McCuller, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game. Timberlake's pretty good, but I don't know how, how he'll translate yet. That's always a question for all these mid-major transfers. You know, he was great at Towson. He was a first-team all-colonial all guy, but, you know, who knows how he translates to an upper level. Can he be a role player? He is a pretty athletic guard. He can shoot and can jump. He's quick. But who knows how he's going to be in the Big 12. And if he's not, as good as advertised, and for instance, Elmarco Jackson isn't quite as good as people hope, and Johnny Furphy, you know, you can see it kind of unravel from there in Kansas, maybe not cracking a top five or even a top ten. It is going to be interesting to gauge this Kansas team, and I'm right there with you as well. I feel like there's been a lot of blind faith put into Nicholas Timberlake, and I think that he's going to be fine. I don't think that it's going to be a case where, like, Nicholas Timberlake is averaging, like, two points per game or anything like that, but I just question whether or not he's going to be like some sort of a fireball score that's going to be able to do exactly what he's able to do at Towson as well. So I do agree with you. I do think that there are some warranted question marks there as Kai McKean of the three-man weave is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soups. And what I think is a bigger issue as well, when I do take a look at just the lay of the land and players being out of the fold, we did see this a few days ago, the fact that Jose Perez, he is going to be out for West Virginia, and I was mentioning it with Kansas. The Morris issue, him being out, that does cause a little bit of concern, but it's more or less concern if they lose another guy. West Virginia absolutely could not afford to lose anyone else. They were thin in the backcourt to start with. I do think that there might be a little bit of upside with some of their backcourt pieces, but I take a look at this West Virginia team, and with their lack of depth, having to go through the gauntlet that is known as the Big 12, I really think that this is a rough loss for a team that could not afford it. Yeah, I agree. This one's definitely more impactful than than Morris. I think Perez was slated to start, but yeah, they're going to be an interesting team. You know, how good is Josh Eiler, the interim coach? He's a Bob Huggins guy. He might be pretty good from an X and O's perspective and a motivational perspective, but he's coaching a team full of transfers. They brought a couple guys back from last year, but they're all role players for the most part. Aside from that, it's transfers, and it's a lot of mid-major transfers to go along with Kirk Risa. Perez could have definitely helped. Uh, you know, they get thinner. They do have some interesting pieces. I agree with you, some upside, but I really don't know what to make of this team yet, especially with the interim coach situation. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that this is going to be a rough ordeal for this West Virginia team. They're also going to need to get Raekwon Battle to have a waiver or not, and I think that that's really the biggest thing to take a look at with West Virginia right now because if Raekwon Battle is able to get a waiver, I know that Seth Wilson actually had a really good assist-to-turnover ratio for West Virginia. Not that this team is going to be exactly what we were expecting when Bob Huggins was in there and everything like that when they brought in all these transfers in May, but I feel like they might be able to persevere and be able to claw out at a halfway decent year, but I think this really goes sideways if Battle's not in the fold. Yeah, Battle's awesome. <laughs> he was at Washington. He's got Power 5 pedigree, and he was just about the Big Sky Player of the Year last year at Montana State. He might have been the Big Sky Player of the Year. I can't actually remember who won that. He's incredibly important for this team. If he doesn't get a waiver... 
which I can't remember if he actually graduated Montana State or not. That's bad news if he's not eligible. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that that is the biggest thing to take note of right now with West Virginia because if they don't have him out there, then you're really staring at a bad situation. But what is always a very good situation is being able to get Kai McKeon aboard. Kai, you do absolutely amazing work taking a look at the game of college basketball. You and everyone else over there at the Three Man Weave did a great job on the Almanac. I know you guys are working on your own conference preview podcasts and shows as well. So love you good people at home. Know it's a lot to for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you can follow Three Man Weave on Twitter at 3MW underscore CBB. Uh, we are busy with our preseason preview podcasts of every single conference. We, of course, are marketing the Almanac pretty hard. That's cbvalmanac.com. Best preseason college basketball preview you can get. Yep, these guys absolutely did amazing work on that front. Everyone from Three Man We Field of 68, Heat Tech CBB, they all put in their yeoman's work to put out what I think is such a complete publication for getting you set for the upcoming season. And Ty was a big part of that. Always great to be able to get him aboard. A big thanks to Kai McKeon for joining me. I'm Chris Kosoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Coast Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. And if you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter slash X timeline at GRN41. Keep in mind, Lurzy on the me does not matter as per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Another way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're up a fire or whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. We are inching our way closer and closer to the start of the college basketball season. It'll be here before we know it. Only three conference previews for myself, and one of those is going to be done within the next few days in the SEC. Certainly hit upon that in segment number one with those two big men being out of the fold for their respective teams. So that is going to be on tap, and I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast here in the offseason, giving you guys those conference previews and the news and notes that we are seeing college basketball then once we get in season, which we're about 30 or so days away from picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I appreciate you guys seeing in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked. Game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked. Your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.